you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Yaz Queen. Is that right? Yaz. Yaz. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Around the NFL Podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal in a room filled with some different heroes today. Mark Sessler. Chris Wesseling and Steve Weiss in the house. In the house. Oh, yeah. In the house. Can I kind of like Bogart this intro real quick, though? Please, please. Sure. Dan Hansis, by the way, uh, that, if you listen to the last uh, show at Legoland, uh, congrats to Jack for pooping in the toilet uh, so many times to earn that trip. That is big. That's a big. <laughs> well, look, I, I have to hijack this because my man Chris here just tied the knot to a wonderful woman. I saw all the pictures. It looked lovely. So, you know, you know me. I'm a wine guy. So I went digging through the racks, my brother. Oh, oh wow. Yes. Look at this in real time. In real time. So, wow. you Keisha, enjoy that. It's a nice bottle of Napa Cab from Stag's Leap. Ooh. What an honor. So, enjoy that. I know you're Congrats an onophile. You so, this is there you quite go. the honor. Thank you. Absolutely. Enjoy that. He comes with bearing gifts. That is awesome. We've I been mean, upstaged. Right. Thank Violently. Well, well, maybe he'll share some with you. Just be Absolutely. Nice. I would say if maybe I had to Colleen, like, put my list of gift. like top 100 people <laughs> in the world to select a bottle of wine for me, in the mm. last couple of years, I've learned that you would shoot to the mm. very, very top of that list. Uh, I'd probably be bottom 100, but thank you. Uh, I, <laughs> well, how many people do you really know? Is that yeah, I mean, a compliment? I, it's probably really only like a 10 or 12 person list. <laughs> He's the only one. I thought you were going to say top 100 people just in general, right. which I mean, that's that that's damning with faint praise in my mind because who does at this company there's a lot of vipers there's a lot of um there's a lot of angling actually i would say the people on air all get along really well for the the most part for the most part but everyone's got issues things happen with different people around the company but who have you ever found at this company that's ever said a bad word about steve weiss yeah. Doesn't yeah. happen. You know, keep it, looking. Keep looking. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. You're, you're in my face. But I mean, as soon as his cameras go off, it, you know, you guys are going to be crapping all over. Well, maybe you're just very skilled about destroying people in the shadows. We just don't know about it. We we presume you to be a class yeah, I've, act. I've, I've got I've got my, uh, you know, I live my life like the like the lioness. You know, I I don't trample through the weeds. I, I mm. kind of tiptoe through them. But when it's time to attack, it's a wrap. <laughs> I love that. I've seen, I've seen the way you and your wife, the uh, how you operate. You're stealth, go. but stealth. no one's having a better time. <laughs> there you go. Words to live by. There you go. Um, so today's, I don't know if it's a big show. It's just a show. The rest of the company's off right now. Uh, it's apparently an NFL holiday because they got to make up some days for missing Thanksgiving and other uh, Christmas and all that stuff that we don't get. So they got a nice four-day weekend. It's quiet downstairs. But we're in here, and uh, we're going to set you up right for a big three-day weekend. We'll yeah. be back Tuesday, do some news. We'll do uh, a Mark Sessler guided meditation. Oh, nice. I'm excited about that. Is Have we a, done that before? Is there, yeah. a, is I don't there an unguided so. one? I think we'd remember that. Uh, we're yeah. going gonna to talk about some sneaky um, stars of 2019. Like Who this. are some people under the radar? I like this. Who could make a little impact, and then uh, and then my the thing I'm looking forward to most the final five minutes of the show we're just gonna take a trip down to Weiss's world, it's relaxing, but it's professional, 
and uh, we're just going to ask <laughs> Weiss this five. This is a bad setup, man. <laughs> this is you guys are totally ringing me in right now. No, this is going to go great. Oh, we had us. We had it. We don't know how. I'm more looking be. forward to this. Than this is like anything. Minnesota Fats type setup. <laughs> well, you know what? You just sit back and field a variety of intriguing questions uh, and sure. personal inquiries. They may be a little off the wall. Am I going to need a blindfold and a cigarette? And you guys, <laughs> it's up to you. It's your world. Firing squad. <laughs> um, so I just want to get to it. Get this weekend started. Finish this show out. And uh, to do that, let's go to Erica Tamposi, who really pushed hard for us to do this show on Thursday. Sorry, we're in on Friday. But, it's all right. Uh, let's do some news. Cool. Roger said he didn't want me in the script club. I was like, well, I don't think they're wrong with going to the script club. It ain't no sin to go to the script club. You know, I was just being rebellious. You know, it's a bad decision. Period, point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. Who's been tapping my phone? <laughs> <laughs> that was Pac-Man Jones uh, in a classic soundbite from the late 2000s when he was uh, the poster boy of kind of getting in trouble with the NFL suspensions. And uh, it's why that he he is he is the example that was given as to why personal conduct policy needed to be. Updated and upgraded. And he what, was the guy what a legacy. Did. Yeah. He has a pretty big legacy considering, you know, not a ton of Pro Bowls. He and invented everything. making it rain? Uh, I don't no. know if he invented it. <laughs> but he brought he it maybe it. to a lot of, uh, you know, white folks watching the NFL that didn't had never really heard about it in 2006. <laughs> we'll get to his retirement uh, in just a bit, but let's start the news with uh, the 49ers. Nick Bosa is out until training camp. Uh, they also lose Jimmy Ward for two to three months with a broken collarbone. Not a ton of huge news uh, over the last few days, but the 49ers who've had bad injury luck seem like uh, they still have some bad injury luck. What do we think? Does this matter? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, look, Nick Bosa, this guy's had injury history. We know he hasn't played. He didn't play last season at Ohio State because he had that, that groin injury. Gets a hammy pull this early on. Those are lingering injuries. You know, it's not like he's a small guy. He is a big dude. Okay. And these are things – they are counting on him. I've spoken to some coaches up there. They, they're like – if you've got him on one side and then run situations, you can put Eric Armstead or Solomon Thomas on the other. Then in passing situations, put in D Ford and game with, you know, the Forrest Buck and all this. You know, Bosa is the anchor that's going to allow them to do a lot of things. And if he's in and out of the lineup, that's going to be an issue. And, you know, remember the, the, the 49ers, they, they got rid of their whole, like, strength and conditioning staff because they kept on having injuries. Mm, I don't remember that. We You're had, on yeah. top of things like that. Yeah. They, You're not really there is, and, and they And they had some really good people up there, so – you know, the Bosu thing is something to watch. And then Jimmy Ward. I mean, he's a guy, every year you hear about the talent, the talent, the talent, but you haven't seen the production. Guys, this has Eric Berry written all over it to me. I oh, mean, really? I, yeah, I mean, I, I think now they, they really need to start to inquire. We know he's got some injury huh. issues as well. But if they can get him on a, on a, on a decent type deal, like this is where I, I really start getting interested in him. If you're a 49ers fan, I'm going to talk yourself into this injury not mattering at all, the Bosa injury. His brother, who was a similar prospect, didn't practice until September and then wrecked shop his entire rookie. Right. But hamstrings always, and he's a guy who's had injuries. Hamstrings worry me for rookies more than anything because they always seem like, oh, uh, you know. And uh, Be- Odo Beckham ended up having a good rookie year, but it took him six, seven weeks to sort of get get on the different field. Different position, man. Different, different body type. It's funny because Jeff Fisher, who is quite a good Twitter follower, uh, despite not being entertaining as a coach for much <laughs> of my experience with him, he, he came out and basically said OTAs are problematic because you really can't teach 
young players and nearly as much as you'd want to. And the fan in me, I look at OTAs and training camp, and it's just this awful scale where nothing great is going to happen that I'm that's going to affect my life. No real wins are going to come of it. But epic disaster can occur when this this sure. roster that looks really good on paper or there's young stars, young stars to be on the Niners roster. It only matters that they're available, and you already have two of them that aren't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Oh, oh, oh. Actually, we've got some breaking oh. news. Um, this is from Erica Tamposi on Slack. I never knew how buff Weiss was until the T-shirt games. Look at that. The suit covers it normally. So I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, man. Steve is definitely Those are legit yeah. guns. Swole right now. I'm not breaking yeah. any. Yeah. I think you're the elder statesman in this room. Quite. And, <laughs> and yet you've definitely got um, the best uh, body. So. I am much closer to the to It's the a nice grave. combo. Well, I appreciate that. But I'm much, <laughs> much closer to the grave than a legal drinking age. <laughs> and so, you know, I've got to do what I can to keep this stay around, man. I like being around you guys. Does well, Andrew Siciliano's, you know, up fluctuating guns, do they put some pressure on you? Because you're on air with no, him a lot side no, by side. No, it's, no. It, it's, Andrew does great with what he's got, but it, he's not in the same I just, part. you know, I've been lifting since I was in high school and it running. I just I just can't get out of it. You're a big school. high school star, wow. right? Little quarterback. What did he play? I was quarterback, running back, outside linebacker, spent a little time sitting on the bench at University of Missouri. I mean, the guy who should be here is Dan. Dan is a male body admirer, and he's missing what I think is some of the better goods we've had in the studio. (laughs) Uh, A guy who's who's not known uh, necessarily for his body, more of his mind and his eyes, Adam Gase, back in the news uh, this week. I just wanted to bring this up. I know we've talked a lot of Jets this offseason, but it was just so awkward to watch Adam Gase answer questions about Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley this week and insist uh, that he was on board with their signing, with the players, especially Mosley, having to awkwardly say, sort of, it doesn't matter. He he knows what the truth is. He's like, it doesn't matter whether he wanted me here or not or what the deal was. Like, I'm here. It, answering those questions about your head coach is very strange. And then the thing that really bothered me was Adam Gase saying he insisted he was on the same page with Mike McCagnan and had nothing to do uh, with McCagnan's ouster. What are, we, what are we feeling, Mark, about this Jets uh, regime in May? making so many headlines. I, I don't like that. I feel like we're in a postmodern world with press conferences where it's too easy for us to sit here and say, how dumb do you think we all are after all the stuff that's come down that you're trying to sell us this bill of goods? Because, I mean, if this were happening, he's mastered the messy entrance. Can you imagine if two weeks into Odell Beckham signing with the Browns, you have Freddie Kitchens saying behind the scenes he didn't really want Odell Beckham and Odell Beckham had to answer? It's just as awkward to have the players right. after, after they've made this massive life choice, which involves a lot more than just the player. It's moving your families. It's shifting locations. You're looking ahead the next four or five years. And this is the first First thing that when you walk through the door, you're met with awkward, highly awkward. Well, we always hear from owners and GMs when they're hiring coaches, we want a leader of men. Mm. And how do you lead these men when you're constantly leaking to reporters mm. statements that aren't flattering to these men? And wherever Adam Gase goes, leaked stories follow. Or if they're not really buying what he's saying, which is like he told, he said he told them, don't listen to what's in the media. But players are smart. You know, they can figure things out. And so there's some that I don't know if that message is going to get through. Yeah, I mean, he could say they don't listen to what's going on in the media. But as you said, they, they know what time it is. And, and <laughs> look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Gase a little break here just because the Jets have been the Jets for a long time for a certain reason. And that's because the people above Adam Gase. <laughs> New York City. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, nice drop. This is our Jets theme song. Weiss is like, they don't do this. I'm total access. I'm totally no. thrown off. No. <laughs> he wasn't thrown off at all. It's just, it's That's true. Just, he started dancing. They're just such a, a mess for so long. And so, you know, Gase, the, the, the stuff you heard that Ian and some of these guys were reporting that he didn't want to sign them for this money. He likes the players, just not for that money. One, to me, that's that's a little bit too micromanaging. Like, if you're the coach, don't yeah. worry about that, okay? Don't worry about that. Coach the guys who your GM gets you if you're on the same page, correct? But the fact, you know, where's Chris Johnston in all of this? I mean, in terms the of – The acting owner, yeah. You know, you 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 can't let your coach go out there and take the shrapnel mm. that he took on some of the stuff. And then C.J. Mosley – his answer was like, yeah, it's all cool. I'm here. His answer was, I, the checks are basically still going to cash anyway. So whether they want me or not, I'm going to come out here. And I, I got paid. Right. So it's, a, it's a little late for all of this. But um, the one thing I will give Gage credit for is if they win ball games, and I think this is the most competitive roster the Jets have had. It could be good. It, it won't be matter. Better. Yeah, it's not going to win. They're not going to win that division. He does strike you as like a, a singular thinking alpha male. So maybe it all works and suddenly we're like, this guy but I, is the new thing that you're looking for or it goes completely. But I think this is the benefit of separating the GM and the coach because the GM sometimes can be the bad guy in, instead of the coach. Right. And now it's like the message gets weird that the coach is the one and now he's the acting GM. And it's another, it's also a reason why like Bill Belichick, you know, you can get on him for this, but... I think this specific type of example is why he is so laser focused on eliminating leaks and people talking to the media is like exactly this type of story. Well, and also, if you're Sean Payton or Bill Belichick, who have the basically personnel say they're the GM, they're ultimately and, and, and in charge of all of this. It's fine because they've got skins on the wall, right? The Jets, yeah, right? The Jets have been a laughing stock, right, of the NFL for years because of stuff like this. And Not many coaches were less popular than Bill Belichick going into the 20, 2001 season, and that was partly because he was in charge of everything and he was annoying the reporters. Right. Everyone hated him. And they were a bad team. Right, and they hadn't been good for, for a long time, which is also true uh, of the Washington Redskins. It's just been in the mix. But uh, I want, I mean, been in the middle, the middle of the pack, and that's because of their At quarterback best. situation. At best. And they're in a tough one now. And I, I don't know. I wanted to bring this up. Maybe this is not even worth talking about you guys can tell me and we'll move along quickly but I found it interesting that Alex Smith was just there at OTAs this week kind of throwing passes and t-shirts and like smiling and just reminded if he was like oh yeah Alex Smith remember that guy that is guaranteed 20 plus million dollars over the next two years you look he's an actual person and he's out there and it's this this strange situation where Keenum's going for the starting job Haskins is going for the starting job Colt McCoy's somewhere and then there's there's this Alex Smith thing hanging over. No one really knows if his career's over, if his season's even over, and just there he is smiling. But I was happy to see him because uh, everyone agrees, I think, a, like a, a great guy who's had a pretty tough uh, six months here. Yeah, I mean, th- that's what I took out of it. I mean, you know, look, hey, Alex, he's, he's, not, he's not dead. You know, he's not in traction. He's out here. He's trying to be one of the guys because he is just an awesome human being. He, he is just an awesome guy, and I think – just to see him out there is like, okay, cool. You know, let's let's take the conversation at least, you know, until Greg Rosenthal gets behind the microphone and tries to lambaste everything here. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm trying to joke. No, I thought it was good. I mean, just but it was just like a reminder that like, oh, this is just a thing that's – he won't yeah. make it awkward, but it's just kind of a straight – it's almost unprecedented. I can't think of another example – 
in recent football history that's like what's going on. I'll never forget that Super Bowl week, the Niners-Ravens Super Bowl week, where obviously Alex Smith was a massive subplot because he had been replaced despite being incredibly effective. And he stood up to every question Mm -hmm. and couldn't have been, uh, to your point, he made a huge impression on me as the way the person he was. So I'm not surprised he's there. But also, let's say he even shifted into the role of you know, low-level position coach, he's making $20 million to be a low-level position coach. So I think it would be smart to show up to work if my employer were ma- paying me $20 million. Oh, he's not so. the first player from that organization to be paid handsomely and not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Deion Sanders always talks about the uh, the Dan Snyder wing on his house. A whole lot of players who love Dan Snyder. <laughs> mm. uh, Alex Smith, the number one pick in the 20, 2005 draft. It was a rough top 10 that year because if you go back and look at it, the two best players by far, maybe not by far, Antro Roll was in there. I kind of forgot about him. Alex Smith, Antro Roll was 10. He was solid, solid, good career. Pac-Man Jones, number six. And uh, he retired. We talked about him quickly at the top, but uh, I wanted to bring him up because he's had a really interesting career. And if you had if you had asked in 2007 after the basically had been suspended for two of his first three years in the NFL, you would have never guessed that he would have outlasted almost that entire draft class. And here he is retiring in 2019. Chris Wesseling as the resident Bengals uh, ambivalent guy. What's your thoughts? <laughs> well, I sort of have the recollection of him with the Titans early in his career when he was so incredibly dynamic on punt returns. Yep. And even as a, a ball hawk in, in that secondary, and then that's after those two years, they had Vince Young and seemed like you know, the world was their oyster. The Titans were this young up-and-coming team, and it never happened because of off-the-field issues for both of those guys. Hmm. But when I think of the Bengals years, I think of just about every offseason, friends of mine would text me and say, hey, this hasn't made the news yet, but Pac-Man got thrown out of a bar for fighting. <laughs> <laughs> He yeah he was an all, an all pro as a return guy in 2014 had a really good run as a slot guy in Cincinnati but I'm glad you brought up the Titans because that 06 team was sneaky one of my favorite teams of that decade I'm telling you when Vince Young it was his rookie year and it was essentially Pac-Man Jones's rookie year because he was suspended in his right. actual rookie year when those team when that team when he when Vince Young took over for Kerry Collins and he had I think five fourth quarter comebacks that year and Pac-Man Jones was returning interceptions and he was returning punts and I remember a great comeback against the Giants especially but there were a lot of them like that team was about as fun to watch as any they didn't quite finish the deal at the end of the season they ended up not even making the playoffs but when Vince Young came in it was a sensation if you were not there for that like they were just a, a sensational kind of dominating the NFL news cycle for about two months and it was a lot of fun I was I, I cover a lot of those games that's when I was still based in Atlanta and I mean they had this great offensive line with Kevin Mawai who's going to the Hall of Fame Michael Russo is a left tackle and I mean mm-hmm. they Pounded you on both sides of the ball. They had Albert Hainsworth was playing spectacular football. Keith Bullock, um, I think was. And there weren't good running quarterbacks then too. That was part of the excitement. Was they were a little different. It was. It was such a a change from everything that they were doing. And you know, Mike Heimerdinger, for as much as you want to say about Jeff Fisher is not having a good offensive coordinator, remember Heimerdinger was the OC for the Titans. So they were still really creative. They they found ways um, to do things. And you know, Pack. I, I love the, the dude. I mean, he's he he's the amount of respect is crazy. This for as much trouble as Pat got in for fighting and things like that. He usually wasn't the instigator. 
you know, we saw the the, the video in, the, in an airport where somebody was talking to him and, and Pack had to put his coaches. Oh, that's him. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his coaches loved him. Marvin. Yeah. Because he was a dog. He was a dog. He ended up being a leader in a locker room that also had leaders like Vontez Perfect. So I don't know how far that goes. <laughs> um, but he was a very, very good player. You talked to wide receivers who played against him. They have a lot of respect for Pack. The punt return game. Never, I've... never fair caught the ball. <laughs> he would always catch it no matter who was I close think to it. Until, yeah, that was a stat until 2015 or 16 he never had. And I and I want to just give him his thing because you mentioned how he changed the personal conduct policy. It's hard to imagine this, but there was an offseason or two where Pac-Man Jones really was the dominant offseason oh, storyline. Yeah. He was oh, the biggest yeah. story. And it was so, it was almost an innocent time looking back because it was before Deflate Gate and Spy Gate and Bounty Gate and all the domestic violence stuff and Kaepernick and stuff. And actually, Pac-Man Jones was the biggest like sort of ooh, that's the problem in the NFL was Pac-Man Jones for for like an offseason. One hundred and four starts, one hundred and four fights. I think the uh. parallel sort of aspect <laughs> to that is what I'll remember. Uh, and you know what? And he probably had about one hundred and four dubs. I don't think he had too many L's with those fights. You know. Well, you wouldn't keep getting in them unless you didn't like your chances. <laughs> a guy, a guy I, always, I always appreciated because he was just a little different, um, but was not a guy that was going to win a Walter Payton Man of the Year award like uh, Chris Long did, uh, who we talked about his retirement, but I, I'm bringing him back up. What a transition. That was so spectacular. I was that was smooth. That <laughs> Straight was through the uprights. So Greg was home last it. night in bed, like just thinking about how to shift from it. one story to the next. He's like, oh, that's going to work. That and was, it did. Worked as well. as I, I, I wish I prepared like that. Um, <laughs> He's back in the news because he was he had some tweets this week which had got caught a lot of notice about and he was on Dan Patrick kind of started it out that talking about how he smoked weed weed regularly as a pro which that's not news obviously but he did point out kind of the specifics of why the NFL drug policy uh, in his mind is almost cosmetic uh, and easy to beat because basically they know they're only going to get tested if you're not in the program you only get tested once a year. And it's usually between like a one month, one to two month window. April that, and early August. That's, said, yeah, that's so. what he said. So it's in specific times. Now, and it caught a lot of it caught a lot of fire, and I think interesting conversation uh, about that. And I, I hadn't, I hadn't, I knew that, but I didn't know the total specifics of of how easy I guess it is to beat that policy. Which is why when someone gets busted, and you have to fail multiple times, you know, when it comes to uh, to weed to to get in trouble to get suspended <clears throat> but this is why you don't hear much about guys you know you don't hear of the 1800 players you hear maybe three or four who get a problem mm-hmm. with a drug issue and maybe it's because they've they've got bigger problems but i, I think chris long brings up a, a, a big point because you remember his when he came out and said this about dan patrick on the dan patrick show it was right along the lines of the nfl and the nfl pa are considering a new weed policy or things to help manage pain and things like this. So I think it all fit in there. I think that's where things are headed. I think it's trending mm. as to where weed will not be considered uh, illegal. Now, maybe you get in trouble if you get arrested for it in the states where, where weed is still uh, illegal. But maybe they won't test it. I mean, we live yeah. in a state where it's you know fully legal, obviously. Right. And, and more and more states are, are trending in that direction. Um, I mean, house like the 90% of housewives in Los Angeles are probably 
would be would test positive between April and August. <laughs> Why does it have to be a wives thing? Well, I'm just saying because you wouldn't peg them as that. But like if you you play the the sport that inflicts the most pain, but you're sure. tacked under a sports governing body stuck in the dark ages. It's just in the, the air. Ice. Yes, I was no. walking to preschool this morning, and you can just smell it in the air at 8:30 in the morning. Oh man, it's a I lovely mean, thing. Yeah, I mean the, the go- not great thing for a preschool, yeah, but go, 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 <laughs> go to go to a Ralph's. Go to a Ralph's, and everybody's like you know puffing to figure out, gee, what munchies can we get? Do we hit the Oreo aisle first? Or do we- <laughs> that was partly why I want to, br- to bring up. So you think you know, that, that there, this is a step to getting rid of it? I, I, I think it's a step. And, and you, know, you know, you talk about the dates, the April to August, the off season. That's, that's usually, okay, so they're not around us a lot, so that's probably mm-hmm. when they're puffing. Mm. You know, these guys, as soon as the test is over, those who smoke are going to It does help, though, to have a Chris Long because we the specific late April to early August, to come and point out how – Archaic and dumb, and sort of false. The whole thing is, and once you get, and we the, learn from it, and that you then you have to change rules when and it's, it's revealed and you get to be tested dumb. Once, so once you get it out of the way, you're free sailing. And I think that does show the NFL is ultimately not sweating the the details of people smoking. And to mention, go back to the Chris Long point. This was last year's Walter Payton Man of the Year mm. winner. This isn't just a guy. This is a guy who's building clean water wells over in Africa and standing with a lot of African-American players and the Players Coalition to get legislation changed and paying, giving up a year's salary so kids you know, in Charlottesville, Virginia can have funding mm-hmm. for academics. Basically saying, I can do all these wonderful things. I can make big plays in the Super Bowl. And when it's all done, I can go home, take a couple puffs, and have a good night's sleep. Maybe we can get David Irvin back in the league once they <laughs> shift all this. <laughs> when they change this rule, um, this will give me the chance to implement my new app. Which is what? Weaned, W-E-E-N-D. Nobody at home take this idea because I've been through a lot of pain <laughs> in the last few years right and now. karma will be a bit. We wean you off of painkillers through the use of sure. weed. You go from one W E E N D wean. I mean, I'm not sure like what that. the app is doing, but I like the. Whole, Greg, it's the all about apps. <laughs> Just leave it alone. I like it. <laughs> uh, finally, in the news, Cleveland and Kansas City were named uh, the hosts of the NFL draft. We never talked about that. 2021 for Cleveland, 2023 for Kansas City. What do we think, Wes? Are we trying to get to Cleveland? I think we should try to get to Cleveland. We never go to the draft. Oh, I was just about to say I'd much rather go to Kansas City for that barbecue. <laughs> well, either way, I want <laughs> give me to, that barbecue. I want to go to both. I uh, this is where see I love Cleveland. I'm up there a lot because of the Browns and whatnot. That is one of the most underrated restaurant cities in the country. There are fantastic restaurants in Cleveland. You got Canton up the road. I think it's great. I, I like I, the fact that the draft is being held more and more in cities that likely won't host Super Bowls. I like it. We saw it's become a thing Bowl. that like twenty, you know, twelve teams oh, are bidding wait, for. Oh, but there's it. there's a there's a blank spot sandwiched in between there though. I know is that so the our, LA spot twenty twenty two. Well, they said they're mm. not trying to do it for teams that have Super Bowls, but maybe they maybe they would. I I had some London listeners one like. Wondering, would they ever bring it to London? And I was like, that you know what? That actually so is a good idea. Because because be so Ian sweet. said big city, so Cleveland and Kansas City not in the top, you know, fifteen markets TV wise. They wanted to bring it to a big city for that year, and I was like, you know, London. That w- like the draft would be a nice little test for the Super Bowl. It'd be at a weird time in that London, perhaps. Is, is that a World Cup year as well? You know, where you can kind of combine mm. all. Oh, just stuff? stay there for the entire that spring. That would be so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I well, like the one thing that I find when they suddenly you find we live in LA, you find out the Super Bowls in LA, obviously with the new stadium, they're going to put the draft there. I, in the person that is annoyed by what should be a traveling road trip, 
suddenly I don't go anywhere. I have to just try, basically take a train or a bus to get there or an Uber. I don't like that at all. And secondly, I'm different. They, I like the idea of sleeping in my bed. There, I, well, that's fine. Least that's for one year. That's the other 340 nights a year, though. Please, but they are talking about moving the combine potentially after 2021. Don't mess with me on that one. I don't. Want, I like Indianapolis with the combine. It's Everybody a perfect does. little fit. Everybody I see. I'm, I'm the opposite. I've, I've, of course I, you are. I like. Well, I'm just saying. I like the Indianapolis. I like Indianapolis. I think it's a great setup. But after 15 of them or so, it's like Humble I've done enough. It's enough. <laughs> you can't be replaced. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'd, I, if, if, I, let's go to another city. Just Cleveland, be careful what wherever. you wish for, though, because if it's anything other than a warm weather city, Indian has that uh, that tunnel system, which you don't need to go yeah, outside other than across that right. one little street. It's I'm willing beautiful. to take a chance. Yeah, if they're moving, I think it's coming. I don't need another. I don't need another year of people trying to convince me St. Elmo's is some you know great stuff. Oh Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Last time when we were at the combine. I was hearing rumors of people saying that they want to try Dallas, but the Dallas stadium is 30 minutes outside uh, of the city. That would be, be there. terrible. It wouldn't be, it there. be there. That whole Dallas thing is a whole Frisco. Yeah. And that was Frisco one of the maybe the worst Super Bowl week uh, I've been to. Yeah. Dallas, so it would, it would, it would be at the start. Especially if your tickets suddenly didn't exist for the seat <laughs> you hope you were. All right. That is uh, it for the news. And uh, what's next? Let's get to a little. I think there's a lot of stress in that news. Let's relax with a little guided meditation. Mark says. A guided meditation. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, please put down your activities and close your eyes and keep them closed. Wave goodbye to your stresses, the hassle of daily life. Truly be in the moment. Listen to the sounds around you, the beauty of our world all around you. Now, I want you to envision right in front of you, a figure, a masculine figure. Who is it? Oh, it's Dan Hansis, our host, right there in front of you, looking right into your eyes. And not just any Dan Hansis, but Dan Hansis dressed as a fireman. A very manly, thick, heroic fireman. Because you now realize that all around you is a big, burning building. Walls collapsing, people screaming. Death is near, but not for you. Dan Hansis, the fireman, is here to save you. He pulls you into his arms and carries you through the burning embers out of the white-hot chaos, beyond the noise, out to quiet grasses. He lays you down safely in the grass and tells you, I'll be back. I need to save the others. And you feel cared for and safe and content inside because of Dan the fireman. Now slowly, open your eyes and return to our world. And please check to see if anyone's stolen your wallet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or your purse, if you are a girl. The end. It feels like some kind of indoctrination. Mm. Oh, my God. I feel like I watched an episode of This Is Us. <laughs> I do feel more relaxed. I've never seen that. I do feel more relaxed. Good. The music, well done. That was the goal. And the song. And but my and, vision. And the exciting journey into Mark's subconscious. You know, I lo- you know, 
I imagine this comes about because Mark's lying in bed and he's having this beautiful vision. And that's yeah, really I mean, well, I a, a sign of how close Mark and Dan are. It's a, it's a window into their relationship. And, and did, didn't you get like the, the calendar, the fundraising fireman calendar, Dan Hansis? I mean, that type of sure. muscular... Yes. Right. I think Mark planted a seed in my mind that I am now always going to think of Dan as more manly than I did yeah. before. <laughs> that was the goal, so I'm glad it, you know, hit. I, I'm glad I'm glad Weiss is just just rolls. They're not gonna <laughs> oh. throw this on, on the old yeah. uh, aftermath. No. <laughs> sorry sorry, Rhett. You know? <laughs> it's not doing any guided meditations. Let's get back to um a little football talk before we finish off the show with five minutes in Weiss's world. And uh this football talk is pretty open-ended. Uh, it's about the sneaky potential stars of 2019. And uh, I got the idea, actually, you know, just I wrote an article this week. It's a little different, actually. It was a, it's it's a, good. It's an article about the homegrown players on, on any AFC or NFC team. I think I was feeling refreshed after that Tybee visit. It just mm. makes everyone happy. And feeling productive. Basically just like different players that I wanted to preview and, and talk about going into the season. But for this specific exercise, let's talk about some guys we actually think can make an impact that we think is ultimately, I think we think is going to be good that they're a little under the radar, but that they're in a position where they're going to be very important to their team in 2019. Why don't we start with Mark Sessler? I look at a team that has a pretty stacked backfield but I think it's second rounder Miles Sanders for the Eagles that has like a chance it. to be. I think it's going to be a hot hand backfield because you want if you find you have a runner who can get into the flow and make a big impact. I don't think you draft him in the second round unless you identify the fact we don't have our guy that can do everything we want. And that's not Jordan Howard to me. They gave Josh Adams that chance last year. You still have Corey Clement. And I think Miles Sanders is going to at least be given a chance mm. in a offense that's still with Carson Wentz operating at full power can kill you through the through the air as well. It's a great situation. You saw what was happening pre-injury with that ground attack when they had a stable of backs, how they pounded teams down the stretch. And I thought that was one of the most interesting offenses to watch because they could kill you in so many different ways, and they still can. And so I'm picking Miles Sanders as someone that – and I also think the running back position in general, by week eight you could be a rookie and be a foundational star in your offense. I like, I like that. I mean, that's I like, like even I like, like a, a lot. sneaky name. Like you hear Miles Sanders and you're like, oh, that's probably not going to be one of the best running backs in the league. Miles Barry's cousin, Sanders. by the way. Really? No. No. <laughs> but I didn't think so. See, like, we don't know enough, like, don't know enough about him. Him. We do not about know him. enough You're about right, though. Stuff. They're loaded, like where it's a great spot to be for a running back. The offensive line is great. They love Dallas Goddard. They probably have the best tight end combination in the league. You've got Wentz finally with like a full healthy offseason as the man. Got Deshaun Jackson and pulled the receivers down or DBs downfield. So yeah, I I like that. You don't want the guys like Jordan Howard or Corey or Smallwood who kind of tip like okay, they're good on passing downs or they're good on running down. No, Why did the Chiefs let like go of Jordan Howard? Mm. I think for that Bears. reason. You know, or excuse me, the Bears from a Chiefs offense. That was where my mind was. Wes, what's up? So I looked at this as like young homegrown players who showed special traits or flashes of dominance down the stretch, but people don't really know about them. Yeah. This I thought from Thanksgiving to the end of the season, there was only – I think Jamal Adams is the only safety better in the league than Von Bell of the Saints. Ooh, what a great call. Nice. He was spectacular. Everybody talked about their front seven when they started shutting people down. The, the end of the year, they were one of the best defenses in the yes, league. Yes, they were. And I thought Von Bell was incredible. 
Mm. So to me, call. he's a pro bowler this year. Yeah, with Eli Apple coming to kind of solidify things at that other corner, that's a really interesting. That comes from the game pass tape watching. Yeah, that they're, it's so weird that their defense now looks pretty bulletproof on paper. I mean, thing, things always change, especially on defenses. But the secondary, especially if you have Von Bell, Marcus Williams is pretty good. Despite, yeah, he, you know, he had a good year. Yep. Marshawn Latimer is coming off a down year, but he's shown enough that you obviously like him a lot. Eli Apple was good for them. They should get Patrick Robinson back. It's like a lot of – that's a lot of juice. Like one guy I thought about for this exercise was just Marcus Davenport. Not that he's like a secret, but to me he could be the difference between them being a really good defense and just great if he's just like this absolute force. But Bell's already shown it. I love That's a good pick because he's been around for a few years. Like sometimes guys develop late, and he was a 2016 second rounder. I think this is his fourth year in the league, but you're right. He came on – like gangbusters at the end. And the Saints defense has the most underrated linebacker in the NFL in Demario Davis. Oh, he was just, incredible. Just they looked player. like a top five defense on paper, which is sneaky. Dennis Allen in was its, in its own right. Really scary. Proud. Okay, so I, I'm going this way. Okay, we, we're talking about all the losses that the Ravens have had on their defense. You know, there's a reason why they gave up two outside linebackers in Zaria Smith and Terrell Suggs. They think Matt Judon hmm. is a guy who's going to be an impactful player. Look, he's had 15 sacks over the past two years in a rotational role. He's entering, I believe, his fourth or fifth season. Um, was a small college player who kind of grew physically and everything. And I think he's somebody – he's going to get the opportunity now. They're, they're speaking well of him. Wink Martindale, their D.C., does a lot of really interesting things, reducing guys inside, moving them outside. But I think him as an outside linebacker, pass rusher, has to do all of the things. I mean, they asked their outside linebackers to do a lot. I think Matt Judon is a player who we're not talking about now so much because he's going to have a lot on him by the end of the season, we're mm. like, whoa. And, like, what coaching staff do we trust more exactly. to develop defensive talent from within? Well, he's yeah. one of those guys that at this – at in February next year, like, Wes and I, when we do our free agency list, it's like you can just imagine Matt Ju- – be like, Matt Judon coming off a monster yep. year as the ninth best player in free agency. It's like, who the hell was talking about Zadarius Smith at this Correct. time a year ago? No one. And then he got $17 million a year. It's just like a little factory there and – <laughs> they they know yeah, what they're doing. They need him. <laughs> Without Suggs and Zadarius Smith, it can't be seven or eight sacks. It's got to be 12 or 13 sacks this year. And he's got to be strong. They need a couple run. guys to step up, but he's probably the leader. You got Jalen Ferguson they drafted, Tim Williams. Yeah. I'm going to go Shane Ray. I'm going to go with another defensive player. They signed Shane Ray. Come on. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with another defensive player that came on strong at the end of last year. Tremaine Edmonds go, come, going into his second year with the Bills. He, I just remember him early in the year being like, oh, man, this guy is not what everyone said he was. They made him a middle linebacker right off the bat. He was struggling. He was giving up big plays, not like taking good angles. But quietly at the end of the year, especially if you listen to their coaching staff, and he was the defensive rookie of the month in December, it sort of all slowed down for him. And he's playing that Luke Keekley role in Sean McDermott's defense. And I, I remember some of those games in December, he was everywhere. And they talk about him like like he is the leader of this defense for the next decade. They they do a film study every week where it's just the players. 
and Kyle Williams ran it forever. And in December, he was just he knew he I guess he knew he was he was retiring. He handed it over to Tremaine Edmonds because he said this dude is our leader. This guy does more work than anyone. Wow. And he was 20 years old. That's right. the other He's thing young. that really stands out to me. Is youngest player in the league. He yeah. was the youngest player in the league. He ended up starting 16 games. So now you're coming into your second year and you have that confidence and you show it at the end of the year. You can kind of put it all together where you're just reacting and you got Matt Milano next to you who's kind of his Thomas Davis. Not saying they're going to be that good, but I think if the Bills defense is going to be like the how John McDermott believes it's going to be, Edmonds is going to get a lot of notice and, and have a big jump in his second year. I, I love that because you talk about Luke Keekley. I mean, what's, what do you hear mostly about Luke Keekley? He knows the play before right. he snaps. So you're, you're asking a rookie to diagnose an awful lot. There's no way he can get that early. He's calling the plays, yeah. Right, the fact he made that progress. And the Bills are going to be, you know, you talk. we're talking about sneaky players. The Bills are going to be one of those teams who are going to be a tough out this year. Oh, we're fans. We, we, yeah, we had yeah. Sean McDermott on during the combo, or during the owners' meetings, and it's not hard with our show when a coach that we like sits down with us that for the next two or three years we're just like, you could do no wrong. We're totally <laughs> you guys. And he's such an awesome guy, by the way. Well, I love yeah, him. we're like I yeah. If we him. actually went out and covered the team, we'd just be in, in the back. That's why we got to stay here, <laughs> and that way we can just fire daggers. All right, let's go around one more time, I guess. All right, so let's. So when I was when I mentioned Jordan Howard as a Chiefs player, what I what I had in my head was the fact that the reason the Bears I thought moved on from him, and I, I had a couple Bears fan friends that, you know, they text you like, why on earth? Like, why not just keep him from one more year? And I think it's because Matt Nagy knows exactly what worked in Kansas City and what he wants in his offense that is his own offense but pulls a lot from Kansas City. And that's why I think David Montgomery has a big role there. And they went out and made an effort to get him to pair him with Tariq Cohen. And I love Tariq Cohen, but you can't lean on Tariq Cohen to do everything. And David, they also have Mike Davis, but Montgomery is a guy that caught 71 passes in college, 50 over the la- 58 over the last two years. Nagy's come out and called him a three-down back, want to use him in every way possible. And to me, that just speaks on someone that they, we looked at you, we know who you are, and you're a fit for us. We didn't inherit you. Uh, we trust you to do everything. And to me, if he does it well, if he shows that early on he can handle the capability of the playbook and everything else, goodbye. He's going to be a big part of that offense. I thought half the Bears roster fits this topic. Hmm. Guys like Eddie Goldman... Those oh, yeah. tackle people don't really oh, know about. Yeah. Tariq Cohen himself is the engine that makes this offense go, not and Allen Robinson you, who's getting all the money. And yet it's you kind of expect, if I had to guess, hmm, well, that's tough. There's a lot of variables. But Montgomery, if he out-snapped Cohen this year, it wouldn't be a surprise. I no, I mean, no, it's gonna be, it probably depends. He's a very small he's guy. Good. I mean, I know he's a really small guy. He can't carry the ball and you catch a ton of passes just because of, of his size, and that's why this is a perfect fit in Montgomery. He's not someone who's going to win a foot race, you know, like Tariq Cohen in the open field, but, man, he is a tough player to tackle. Um, he runs very low to the ground, so he, he can hide. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I think the Bears, you, with this thing right, this, this topic right here, we could have put mm. half their team. He's also the official player of Adam Rank. I feel like every day Adam Rank has a rule. He has to send a new Instagram post about David Montgomery. <laughs> it's quite a personal rule to be st- – I like that. It's a personal code. We love Rank. We love Rank. What's up, buddy? I have a sneaky defensive star you never hear about but might hold more value to his franchise than anyone else on the roster. Wow. Little guy by the name of Miles Garrett. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. You can argue that A.J. Green and Geno Atkins – 
better relative to their peers, but considering age and his premium position, William Jackson Thank you. has a strong case as the most valuable player on the Bengals roster. There's a lot of talk up there about him now with some of the mm. shift they're doing really Erica's always talking about that, William Jackson. <laughs> oh, but she, should, but should we she, wake up Erica? Erica? Erica Jackson. Stop discussing him. Because <laughs> they're, they're doing this 3-4, three, 4-3 four, four, three flexibility. They think he, hmm. he's going to be a star up there. Wow, Wes. Oh, yeah. We're on it. Deep. Yeah. About as deep as I, star. It's about as deep as, I, deep as I dug in that wine cooler. Well, he was, <laughs> someone, he was someone, he was like a slot guy that then they, and not a slot guy, but a part-time, he didn't play every snap two years ago. And then he went into last year with a lot of like, he's an analytics favorite, a lot of hype. I don't know if like he had like a monster year a year ago, but you think he's gonna take even another step here? I think he's already one of the best cornerbacks. In the okay, league. and they've drafted a that, couple corners that have not really equaled their draft pedigree. So this is a nice turn of events. Absolutely, I'm going with a big name, a name we've heard, former first round draft pick, expectations made big money, hasn't lived up to it, but this is going to be his year, and that's Sammy Watkins. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I like this. Because he's a guy, look, last year they paid him a huge contract, a contract that really upset the wide receiver market. I mean, people are like the Chiefs are paying him this much money, you know, $14 million a year. Only 40 catches, 519 yards. He had the foot injury, didn't play the final five or six games. But then those performances in the two postseason games, 10 catches, 176 yards, a TD, hmm. showed up big. We don't know the Tyree Kill situation. We know Pat Mahomes is probably going to be better in his third season under Andy Reid. And Sammy Watkins has a lot of proving to do. So even though, again, he's a big name, we know the potential is there. He hasn't. We haven't seen it consistently. I think this is finally the breakout. Mm. The opportunity's there. I guess, like... I don't know. I gotta see it. I roll. There it is. I no, 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 no. It's no, more, no. It he, should be. It's a deserved it, eye roll. He would have been a perfect. Like he is so important. He, I can't. Like he's so important to their team. I need. I need to see it from him. I guess uh, we all do. There are a lot of NFL players who are great for two or three games a year, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. He needs to be great for eleven or twelve games a year. It's it's the old basketball analogy. I think it was Gary Williams, University of Maryland, former coach, who said, you know, certain players dominate you know, like a, a minute or two. Yes. He's never dominated that stretch. And, and that's that's what we need to see him. But he's got to be the dude this year. No one's talking about him. He's Yeah, no, you're right. So, and, I, and I think this is – he's got all the physical tools if he can keep his feet healthy. Um, but the durability is the issue. Hmm. I'm going to wrap up uh, with another receiver. And uh, it's a second-year player. Didn't get a lot of notice late last year because who really wanted to be watching C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins? But Dante Pettis had some moments as a rookie that were impressive to me. He only ended up – he had 467 yards and five touchdowns as a rookie, which doesn't sound like a lot, but he basically only played eight games. There were three or four other games where he essentially had no snaps. He basically played half the season, put up those kind of numbers. And and the way Shanahan talks about him, he he says – He's not a slot guy. He's not now. It's like you. It's no law in the NFL. Like you don't want guys that are just your like X receiver. And maybe that's a little issue with Watkins. Is he that versatile? Pettis lines up on both outside slots. He, he lines up in the middle. He does a little bit of everything. And when you watch him, he just kind of glides. Like he's a small guy, but he just. It's like he's so smooth with his routes. I always like the guys who are just known for their route running, and he was really good at that. And when you look at their receiver core, if they're going to put up numbers, someone's got to put up some numbers in that group. And to me, he's kind of he's easily the best bet because he's been there for a year. He showed a little something. He does a little bit of everything. I asked uh, 
Josh Norris from the Roto World podcast and the draft guy uh, there, if he had any comparison for him. And he, he, he had an interesting way. He, he said if Michael Thomas was like 20 pounds lighter, maybe a little Dante Pettis, which I thought was a, an interesting one because <laughs> wow. he can do a little bit of everything. He's good at the catch point. He's good making plays after the catch. He's been a punt. Ret- like, he can do a little bit of everything. That's what I want. Yeah, if Michael Thomas was 20 pounds lighter, would he be in the NFL? <laughs> yeah. He'd be Dante Pettis. There you go. Pettis got a little more gas too now. Pettis right. hit it when he wants he can, to. He can, run, he can run away from you. Yeah. Wow. I like the I like the Pettis thing because again you know they've got Kittle at tight end but then you all keep asking who's who's right. the other threat who, got who's their other receivers you got a couple rookies there you got Marquise I almost feel like we should that. do a speed round with no commentary because I know that mm. we all creak we could up do with it we could people, do this but. segment again I all feel right. like this is uh we could come back to this okay I like it I'll keep my notes you know it's just like you can talk about anyone Speaking in the stars. NFL I got it's like easy. thirty more guys <laughs> really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can come back to this in a few weeks or something. Whatever. Part I mean, two. you guys were like getting on me on the phone. You're like, this looks like a 65-minute show. And as the host, I'm trying to prevent that, trying to get us out of here. No, yeah, come back to another I, week. And I just feel like we're on the doorstep right here of a, what's going to be magic. Oh, yeah, and Weiss's that, world? And that's a trip. Let's do it. Into Weiss's world. Um, I'm not going to even start the clock quite yet, but I think we can play the music just to get into the mood. Um, now... Oh, yeah. Steve's wife is Jamaican. Yes. He, one of the great um, NFL um, employee wives in the game. Maybe maybe right there at the top. Keith, Delightful. Keith right is, there. Keith's Keith right Jernier, there at but, the end. But Dee's Dee, not an employee here, and uh, she's from Jamaica. Yes, she is. And so that's just, I don't know. I was insp- you know, That was the closest cool. I could get for some, <laughs> nice for some, that. For some music. Because, I, I, again, um, relaxed but professional. That's what it's like in Weiss's world. We have five minutes to ask Steve whatever questions we've always wanted to ask Steve after all his years in the business. And uh, let's start it right now. Mark, let's go. Who is the last person you spooned with? (laughs) That would be Deanne Weich. Yeah, I mean, what kind of question? I'm is checking. That? I think we can. We tell we can trust you right out of the gate. But after after your Dan Hantis imagery, you know, (laughs) if I were to, if I were to, you know. Look out the other eye. I may have to go with you know, mm, Dan mm. Right. Fireman Calendar out. All right. Tapenot. What's better, the word itself or the delightfully briny relish you might find on a high-octane sandwich? That is a great question, but I've got to since I just had some lovely olive tapenade last week, and I've got to see the taste of it. It's I, great, I don't even eat olives, but the taste of the tapenade is right there. Mm, I'm not really... Uh, you went to school in New Orleans. Come on, man. Yeah. Mabufaletta. It was a great question. Though. Uh, a great question. All right. Let's go back to the couple. A lot of people think of you and Dee as kind of the first couple of the NFL media group. Wow. What are you thinking about some of the buzz going along that Chris Wesley and Keisha are coming for your throne. Any rivalry there that they want to be the first couple of the No, NFL I love it because, you know, there, there's some similarities there. You know, Keisha's from the Lou. I'm from the Lou. Okay. Um, she's wonderful. Chris is wonderful. I'm sure, you know, like when people say, what's the first one word to describe your wife? I'm just like, she's just cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And no if doubt. we say, okay, what's the first word that comes to mind? And you say, Wes, he's just cool. So mm. if, if we were to ever to, like, retire the throne or have some big dragon come and burn us out of the throne... <laughs> I would love for Wes and Keisha to be the uh, succession plan. I'd, okay. I'd much rather be the hand of the king. <laughs> that works. How about this one? You can answer this with a yes or a no. Was and is Peyton Manning as pure and perfect as the public has been led to believe? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no. I know I don't. I'm not going to push you for details. Go, Wes. Well, akin to that topic, more likely to be lost to the sands of time. 
a hypothetical designated pinch runner who continually takes second base on defensive interference. <laughs> what? Or the other 232 games of Eli Manning's career. <laughs> Whoa, that was deep. The pinch runner. I'm leaving it there. That was deep. Um, all right, give us <laughs> give us one story from your experience as the host of NFL AM. For listeners of the podcast, this was a program Steve was a host of. That oh, when God. did you have to wake up every morning? Twelve thirty in the morning? No, I was in studio. I was in studio. By you time. had to show up for work every day at twelve thirty to go live on Pacific the air at time. three. Give us uh, and just or any thoughts or recollection or a story from your time at NFL. Well, a, one of the best is actually we were on the set. It was the day when Aaron Hernandez was getting arrested. Okay, and so great times. How about this? The NFL Network was the only one that had a camera still. Alive. Everyone had pulled their cameras back from that shot from the shot we were having from across his house. So we're sitting there. Well, I'm sitting there watching the monitor of Aaron Hernandez getting arrested. Meanwhile. Ooh. Those who shall remain nameless are reading highlights and talking about what's going on, prompting Steve White to say, excuse me, I am watching a monitor of Aaron (laughs) Hernandez getting cuffed as he's taking, you know, putting on his white T-shirt over this. And and it was a big, oh, yeah? Like, no, we've only been talking about this for like six weeks Mm. now, two months. Yes, it's happening. Mm. And fortunately, you know, my, uh, you know, desire for the news Great job. You are well. That was that was a good pro. A good pat on your own back. A good use of the third person. I think it's contagious with that chair (laughs) using the third person. We know that you're a wine connoisseur, proven here today, but other times as well. Let's say um, having just rewatched Sideways on the plane Mm. to Wes's wedding. Who would you choose to go on a nice? L.A., up the coast, central, northern California, boozy wine tour with, what NFL coach would you pick? What NFL coach would I pick? Or executive. I'll throw it out. No, no, no. Let's, okay. let's, let's keep it to coaches. Who would I pick? I would probably, well, to keep this, to keep this quick and keep it moving, I'd probably say Sean Payton. Mm, love mm. it. Seems like a good I, th- I think Sean with he a knows, few glasses of wine and we could tour around. We'd have some good conversations. Mm. If the topic is the most dynamic, electric, captivating athlete completely unknown to anyone under the age of 30, would former red center fielder Eric Davis be the number one contender? (laughs) This is a leading question. Eric Eric Davis looked a great athlete, but he would not be the number one contender. Come on, we're talking, you know. I mean, he's the best baseball player I ever saw for about 15 months. Mm. From middle of 1986 through 87, I've never seen anyone do what that guy did. You say that about Ron Gant, a couple other No, no, no. Ron Gant is even in the same neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know if we're at five minutes or four. <laughs> All right, I'm unhappy with that I think answer, we're almost but... done. All right, true or false, Steve, it sticks in your craw that you haven't gotten enough credit for being the first person to break the Colin Kaepernick story. The, the sands of time should recognize you. False. I, you know, just doing my job. Oh. Oh. All right. Um, <clears throat> quick two, that's it. That quick. was it. That was five minutes. <laughs> oh. Sorry. All I right. need a quick one for our listeners. All right. All okay. right. All right. Go, Go ahead. This is for our listeners, but I'm going to take notes. Favorite West Coast road trip? Favorite West Coast road trip? Uh, that would be up to the Solvang, Lompoc, Santa Rita area, go. Santa Inez Valley, where I spend about four long weekends a year. Los Olivos? Los Olivos. Jake All right, we'll wrap up on, uh, on Mark. There we go. How did you celebrate the 20-year anniversary of Phantom Menace? <laughs> Be real with us. Let's get I know that, you. That what, final was, what, was, what was Chris Long talking about? That probably, you know. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> 
All right. The, what a what a trip. And you know what? I think it sort of makes sense. The trip to Weiss's world. We say it's five minutes, but it ends up being five and a half. Who you get really, lost in Who it. really cares? Because it's relaxed and yet uh, professional. With the reggae. And I brought up scary. the Kaepernick thing because I don't think people know that, that you were the first person who talked to him and really wrote that story. I appreciate uh, And that kind of. Fire, you know, started a national fire storm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Straight from the pages of NFL.com. Just doing uh, my job. You, uh, you did the job today. You knocked <laughs> it out. And we're getting out of here well before 65 minutes that Sessler was worried about. Uh, not worried, just sort of a track record suggests. Yeah. And today you said the track record doesn't always tell the story. Although it's a lot longer than what we said. Uh, 55 <laughs> minutes. Let's. I think we should get out of here. I think we should all enjoy our weekends. We're going to. I know Ricky Hollywood behind the glasses is about to. Yeah, let's go. Get a little loose. All right, uh, <laughs> that's it. Let's do it. Uh, for Mark Sessler, Quiet Storm. Mr. Jackson over there. Chris Wesley. Mr. Jackson. Yeah. Right. Steve Weiss and uh, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. We'll see you Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.